Hello, and welcome to the Financial Emancipation Podcast. I'm your host, Malik Branch, and this is a podcast discussing the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Welcome back for another episode. Happy Monday. So I wanted to mention to you guys, I did have my wisdom tooth pulled on Friday. I had um, mentioned that in a prior episode. And um, I was very nervous about what it would be like afterwards. You know, how would I feel, et cetera. People had such horror stories about getting their wisdom tooth out, being down, their faces swollen, et cetera, et cetera. I'm here to report that it was not so bad. Um, I had a really um, impacted uh, wisdom tooth, so required that they cut my gums, et cetera. It just the works. Um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty much of a G when it comes to pain. So I have a pretty high threshold for pain. I don't like pain medication. I kind of just will sit through some pain if necessary just to get faster to the end of healing. And so I I I took some Motrin and I, and I and I and I kind of thugged it out. And it was not so bad. You hear me? I sound fine. My, I was talking fine once the Novocaine or whatever wore off. I was fine to talk. I didn't have a lot of swelling. Um I'm just taking the ibuprofen on a you know like twice a day in the morning and then at night and pretty fine. So that's that's what's going on with me. <laughs> I wasn't so bad. So if you have any of those type of issues that you need to deal with, don't be afraid to go to the dentist. Um, I know that some people don't have the greatest dental coverage at work and it can be an expense. And um, just like any other kind of medical issue that you may have, your mouth and your oral health are very much tied to your physical health, like the rest of your health. So, you know, you don't want to just neglect it. Um, if again, if it's an issue of finances, it should be something that you um, plan out for throughout the year to make sure that you're able to, at a minimum, get your teeth clean, get a checkup, and um, be able to identify any looming issues. And if you do that regularly, you can probably try to avoid some of the major issues that come in, in oral care. Um, it's really important, particularly as you get older, um, to do that because there are certain things. I mean, you never think about what age does when it comes to your oral health, but you know, I've had, my wisdom teeth should have come out, you know, when I was much younger. A lot of people, they take them out when people are like 17, 18. And what this oral surgeon explained to me was that um, your nerves, uh, the deeper a tooth is impacted, um, the closer it is to other nerves that are impacted in your face. And the reason that my extraction was a little more complicated was because, again, my my wisdom teeth were deeply in, they were de- they're deeply impacted, but also because um, those nerves at the end of the tooth were also very near to the nerves that service my chin and my smile, like that part of my face. And so he was um, concerned about taking them out at this point. He's like, whereas when I was younger, it would have been less a risk because they would have been less deeply impacted into my face. Um, there was more of a risk of, of, of touching those nerves and bothering them and then having some permanent damage. So you can't think that everything is not connected. Make sure you take care of that stuff. And again, if it's part of a financial issue for you because maybe your dental coverage is limited at work or you don't have it at all, you have to figure out a way to plan out financially for at least, again, those checkups, cleanings, fillings, things like that, so that you can um, keep your oral health together. So that's my little PSA about oral oral care. Um, I definitely would recommend um, that if you need an extraction done or if you need to have your wisdom teeth out, do it before it starts to bother you because once it's bothering you, you're in a real crisis mode and there's not a lot of pain that's worse than uh, tooth pain. So... Um, just to get that done. So today's episode is not about <laughs> not about oral care, <laughs> but it is today about milestone events. So I've done episodes like like this in the past. Um, and I've mentioned I think I touched on it two episodes ago that I was going to cover this. 
um, which is about milestone events. I spent, because I was down with my oral care and and my wisdom tooth. And again, it wasn't painful, but definitely is sore, sore to the touch. So as, as much as I was able to kind of get up and run around, I decided to take this weekend. Um, given that I had planned that the weekend was going to be a bust because I thought I would be in so much pain and unable to do anything. I kind of had planned the weekend with nothing to do. So I decided to take advantage of that. And so in doing that, I caught up on a lot of TV that I had, you know, in my DVR. And I decided as I was on um, HBO, because I rewatched last week's episode of Game of Thrones, and I was on the HBO um, on demand, I decided to watch Sex in the City. And I only went to season six because I was like, I don't have that much time. Um, so I watched season six, part one and two. And there was an episode on there where Carrie <clears throat> went to a birthday party for a child that had been born or maybe a baby shower, some sort of um, celebration of a child. And she had to take off her shoes when she went in the house. And if you know anything about Sex and the City, you know, her shoes were her thing. She had on a brand new pair of uh, Manolo Blahniks. The shoes were $480. Someone leaves the party with her shoes. The host of the party is kind of like, whatever, who cares? Do your shoes. Like, I have three babies. Like, what do you, what, what's your big deal? And Carrie comes to this realization that, you know, even though she hasn't had these milestones, she's not married. She's not, she doesn't have any children, but she's gone to all these events. You know, the woman who she in question, she had gone to her engagement party. She went to her wedding. So she bought gifts for both of those. She bought gifts for the, the, the children that had been born leading up to that. And the wedding happened to be like away. It was like a wedding somewhere. Like they live in New York. So the wedding was like in Vermont somewhere. So she she kind of went through all the money that she had spent on this woman's milestones because she was a friend of hers. And not a close friend because she wasn't like one of the girls, but a friend. And then the woman very easily dismissed um, covering the shoes, uh, the cost of the shoes as Carrie had kind of been like, listen, these are the shoes. You know, my shoes are important to me. And I came and I celebrate your milestones, et cetera. So that kind of came up and, and it made me think and double back to a Washington Post article that came out last week, which was a, a writer wrote about basically the elimination of destination weddings. And I think I had mentioned this before in a, um, in a previous podcast where it was like destination weddings um, can be very expensive for those who are attending. And the it brings to the topic today, which is like milestone events, right? How is it, how is it that we all can either a budget for milestone events in other people's lives, but also be respectful of finances when we're having milestone events in our own lives. So there's that question of of the the destination wedding, right? You know, you have you're getting married, you know, congratulations, and then you decide that for whatever reason, and most often it's best for the couple. The couple wants to have a destination wedding to avoid whatever it is that would come about in a home wedding. It's a lot of it has to do with cost. Although I have spoken to people who have had destination weddings who, who end up spending uh, almost as much money as they would have spent to have a wedding at home. But that be, that's because it ends up that they end up covering a lot more costs for other people because there are some very important people to them that wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to come if not for them paying. Right. Um, so destination weddings can be cheaper and they can also be more expensive. But I think a lot of it is driven by um, the need to cut costs. And when they do that, that's the cutting the cost for the bride and groom. But it increases the cost for the the people who are attending your wedding. Now, again, I know some people do destination weddings in order to also eliminate the people who are going to come. It's a really, it's an indirect way of saying, okay, I'm going to make this wedding so expensive that I don't have to deal with all the people who I would maybe have to invite or maybe have to expect to be there if the wedding was at a, at a regular um, a venue in a local area. So 
um, the question becomes when it's all these milestone events, you get back to the fact of if you're the person, you know, it's a fair exchange in some instances. If you're the person who, if you've gotten married, you know, you've, you've been engaged, got married, had a bunch of kids and everyone's your people in your circle have shown up to your events. And then when you have to show up to theirs, I think it's an even exchange, right? But if you happen to be a person who has not hit, had any of those milestones for which people have to show up and Carrie made a good point in the episode because someone tried to point out, well, you have your birthday. And she's like, nope, everyone gets birthdays, <laughs> which is true. So it's like, you know, when people, when, when these people in your life are showing up for these milestone events that can become very costly, um, where does that play in and how does that work? So the the Destination Wedded article, which is which was published in the Washington Post, is basically saying that it's very insensitive of the people who are getting married to do this, um, to make this wedding into something that's so expensive for those who have to attend. Because you have to get plane tickets. In some instances, you have to get a passport. You have to get a hotel. You have to then have... Um, outfits and things to wear there and usually there are multiple events because it's like oh you're there for like a couple of days and then to top it off you have to end up you end up dealing with um uh what do you call you end up dealing with 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 the fact that you have to take off your vacation so someone has to use their days or their time off to attend your wedding so it's beyond just like a, a it's a very extensive commitment all to celebrate your milestone so there are two sides to this. Some people say, hey, it's my milestone. I'm inviting you. You don't have to come. At the same time, some people would be very offended if you don't show up to their milestone events. And, and a lot of times people aren't having the real conversation about what you can and cannot afford. So what does that mean, right? So if I'm a person who wants to have, if I'm having a, a very extravagant, if I'm having a baby and I do a baby shower uh, registry and everything on the registry is very expensive, people can choose to buy something else. They don't have to buy what's on the registry and they can always buy what's within their budget. But if you're having a wedding and it's a destination wedding, there's only two options. You either attend or you don't. You know, even if you attend a, a local wedding, you can choose. A person can have a registry that goes from A to Z and you can choose, you know, to, to, to where you can afford to buy or you can choose to attend with just one of you, not you and your husband. Or you can choose not to attend at all and just send a, send a, a gift. You know, there's a whole... There's a whole host of things, but when it comes to a destination wedding, there really aren't that many options, right? And it can be pretty expensive. So, I mean, on average, let's just say on the cheapest end of a destination wedding, if you're attending, you're going to spend $1,000. And that is a lot of money to spend for someone else's milestone. And people will say, oh, but you're getting a vacation out of it. But you're really not. If you've ever been to a destination wedding, a lot of times there's a very much of a schedule there. And if you're going to get a vacation out of it, you're going to have to stay a day ahead or be there a day early or be there a day after in order to truly get anything out of being there. Um, because you're, you're there for the purpose. So there's probably a rehearsal dinner or some sort of celebration for when you arrive. And then the next day is a the ceremony. Then there's a the reception. And then there's a breakfast afterwards. So there's a lot of scheduling that goes on there to which you aren't really allocated a lot of your time. So it's not truly a vacation for you. And that all depends on if the, the location is someplace you wanted to go, a vacation you wanted to, to, to have. And it, again, if money is not really an issue for you or you're a person who has the additional resources, it may not seem like such a big deal for a destination wedding, but there are people who, you know, that, that they may only be allotted enough money to have one vacation a year or less than that. And so then they go ahead and go to these weddings um, and use up whatever time they would have had the vacation so they don't, they don't say no. Um, there's a question about whether or not a destination wedding is in poor taste. So there was a study 
done by bankrate.com that found that 19% of respondents said they had declined a wedding invitation because they felt they couldn't afford to go. Right. And it also asks people, do you think it's in poor taste for a couple to plan a destination wedding where all the guests will incur all travel expenses to attend? And 56% of people said yes. So I don't know. I don't, people, destination weddings are highly attended. People go. Um, but again, I think it's the intention, at least my perception of it, is that it's the intention of the, the couple to limit the amount of people who are going to be there. So I, I think that's intentional. Um, <clears throat> there's a, you have to be in a serious level of bank to throw a wedding for which you're going to cover the travel cost of everyone who's going to attend unless there's like five people attending. And so that's usually not the case. So you just wonder like, well, are people begrudgingly going to destination weddings and are people begrudgingly celebrating milestones? I mean, listen, if you're the person who I, you know, I'm not married and I don't have any children. I have been to more baby showers than I can count. I have spent countless money on not only babies showers, but baby birthday parties, um, weddings. I have given gifts and been to weddings and dressed up and done that for weddings. Um, and then the babies really continue cause you show up at every birthday party. And it's like, so I have, there's a lot of money that has gone out of my pocket between throwing baby showers, attending baby showers, and then the, then the continual gift giving of, of, of gifts to the children as their years go on. Um, I think I would say mostly all of my friends have children, um, the majority of them. And so there's gifts every Christmas, there's a gift list, you know, birthdays, you know, so there, it is continuous and, it, there, there's a lot of money going out. And so these are these are milestone events for other people and you're celebrating them, but they, they do come at a cost. So the question becomes, what do you, how do you handle that? What do you, how do you manage that? And if you're the person who's having the milestones, are you like Carrie's friend in, in on Sex and the City, kind of like inconsiderate to what other people's, um, what other people are doing with their finances? So Carrie's friend was kind of like, that's silly that you spent $408 on, on a pair of shoes that got lost at my house because I asked you to take your shoes off. So I'm only going to give you $200 for the shoes because, you know, you're ridiculous for spending that much money on shoes. Are you that person? Or are you um, someone who is mindful and respectful of, of the fact that, you know, you are asking a lot of people and um, when you're having your milestones and are you appreciative of that and, and also reciprocating of that when when necessary? Um, it's, it's a, it's a thing that has to do with where, what do your finances allow and what is financially respectful? I mean, you have to think about it. You get, you get engaged, you get, you're, you're dating someone, you get, you're, you're going to get married, you get engaged as an engagement party. That's an expectation of a gift. Now on your end as a couple, you're spending money on every one of these events. So you're spending money to, if you have an engagement party, you're spending money on a wedding, you are spending money, but also you're asking other people to spend money as well. And that's the part that I think maybe can be modified or explained or discussed more is that not only is the bride and groom or the person having the milestone spending money, um, you're also asking people to spend money to attend. A baby shower is usually a little different because usually a baby shower is being thrown by someone else and the baby, and then the people are coming to bring the gifts. So the parents usually are not spending a lot of money, um, but that's just a lot of money being poured out, period, from, you know, from every angle um, as a milestone for to celebrate something that you're doing. So, you know, I'm not against celebration of milestones. I love them. I, I'm a big, I, I show up to events. I, you know, I come, I'm not, I don't come begrudgingly. 
you know, I love them, but we have this running joke with, um, some of my friends. Um, um, my friend had a baby last year and she was considering not having a baby shower. Cause she's like, Oh, I don't really need it. And it's not a big deal. And I reminded her, I'm like, do you know how many baby showers you've gone to over the years? Um, cause we're now a lot, a little bit older. So many of our friends like had kids when they were much younger and now we're at the second round of people having kids. And I was like, girl, you are having a baby shower. Do you know how much money you spent on baby showers over the years? You are getting your baby shower back. You know, and I said it jokingly, but I also meant it. Like, listen, you, you had, you've been and pouring out, you're going to have a baby shower. And she did. And it was lovely. And she got a bunch of things and, and she was extremely grateful, but it's just like, we all are in these spaces where it's like, how does a person plan their finances around other people's milestones? Um, and make sure that you're being able to show up and be the friend that you want to be or the supportive family member that you want to be. And where does it come into play where you're, you're, you have to sometimes say no for your, for your finances. Like, how does that work? Um, you do usually get a lead time. Somebody will get engaged and you'll know the wedding is coming or a person is pregnant. So, you know, the baby's going to come and a baby shower is going to come. So you will get some lead time. And, 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 and the question I want to leave you guys with is like, are you responsible for planning for these milestones for other people? Is that, should that be part of your budget or should you just strictly be like, if I can't afford it or if it's not in my budget and I haven't planned for it, I'm not going to do it and kind of make your relationships and predicate um, your participation in your friend's um, milestones or your family's milestones based on your finances. Because if you look at this, this article, you see that people are really kind of going, but they're feeling very begrudging. They, they're begrudgingly going to these wet, to these weddings and these destination weddings because they feel as though they can't um, say no. Um, they, they had a survey. They found that guests attending a wedding of a close friend or family member on average spent $628. And that's a local wedding. So it's like weddings are expensive to attend, just as, just as expensive as they are to throw. And so particularly if you find yourself in the bridal party, if you find yourself as like a person with a responsibility, it can be very expensive. So what is it? Do you just say, do you decline the invitation? Do you, do you just send a gift? Or do you really think about your finances in that way? And, and does that, how does that enter your relationships? Because as much as I like to talk about that finances are not emotional and we should really be cut and dry with them, when it comes to your family and friends, particularly in things like this, not about lending money and stuff like that, because you all know if you've ever listened to this podcast, I don't think you should lend people anything. Um, you don't lend money you can't get, you can't afford to lose and you don't lend money that you expect to get back because nine times out of 10, you won't. Um, but in the instance of celebrating a milestone, you may really want to be there to celebrate with the person, but you just can't afford it. Now what happens? And most people don't want to have that conversation. It's an uncomfortable one to have with someone. But if your best friend is getting married in, in the Cayman Islands next year, and you already know you broke right now, and you ain't got no signs of not being broke next year, what do you do? How do you say that to your best friend? Hey, I can't go to your wedding. No, you do things, you, you twist and turn and you make things happen. But then you put yourself in a worse financial position for someone else's milestone. So the question just is, how? where does this fall? I mean, and I'm happy to talk about this because again, I do often talk about this cut and dry way about you know taking emotion out of finances. But this is a real life situation where, again, if your best friend or your sister or someone very close to you is getting married, and, and, and they're doing a destination wedding and you need to show up. What do you do? Especially if you do not have the resources. What do you do? Missing out on a birthday is fine because there'll be another birthday, God willing. But sometimes for people, these milestone events, they think of them as once in a lifetime events. Although sometimes they're not. But they think of them that way. And so if you're not there and you miss out on it, um, how what will that do to the relationship? And how can you rebound from that? 
Um, but at the same time, what will it do to your finances and how can you rebound from that? So the real question here is when can you say no? When can you modify? When can you come in the middle? When can you really say that your finances are more important than your relationships? And, and should you say that? So think about that. I want to hear your feedback on that. If you have any um, feedback from me, I'm going to post this episode on Instagram. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Financial Emancipation. Follow me on Twitter at FIN Emancipation. Follow me on Facebook, Financial Emancipation. And follow my YouTube page. I'm trying to get my subscribers up on YouTube so I, so I can continuously post more content there. Um, my YouTube channel is the Financial, it's financial Emancipator. I'm going over there, subscribe so you can know when I'm posting new videos. I'm going to try to start going live over there. I kind of like YouTube for the videos. It's just for me um, getting to setting setting up to do a video is what I need to get focused on um, for, for tw- the rest of 2019. Because I think videos are kind of cool. It's a good way to, to talk to you guys and you can see me rather than just hear my voice. <laughs> so you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, if, um, if you have any questions for me directly, or you want to give me more topics to discuss, um, I got this topic of, um, destination weddings for, from a listener. So if you want to give me more topics to discuss, please, um, send me an email at Malik, M-A-L-I-E-K at the financial emancipation.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope you'll be back as we continue to discuss the ways in which you can walk towards your financial emancipation, getting free from the burden of your finances. Have a great day.